Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Being Humanist. We're live for episode, let's see, live episode number seven. Um, we've got a pretty cool show scheduled today. And um, yeah, we've uh, decided to call it I'm Dating a Christian Help. And uh, we've, uh, we've got uh, our friend JC. We're calling him JC instead of Justin, but his name is Justin. Uh, but we have two Justins that seem to call the hang out with us lately so uh we're just gonna go with that for now you there keith no i'm not oh okay (laughs) are you guys still looking for your keys no 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 no. they weren't my keys they were my friend's keys so does that mean you are or or are not ready (laughs) no i'm i'm good uh we just uh called the restaurant we just uh had dinner at and he he has left them there. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I'm uh, I'm giving uh, JC, some may call him Jesus Christ, uh, the phone number so he can call back in. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I I made a promo for the show earlier tonight, and uh, uh, <laughs> he uh, somebody commented on the fact that his uh he thought there was it was jesus christ because his initials were jc and uh i, I wondered if somebody was going to catch me with that um okay i'm going to give him a pin number because evidently it wants that and see if he gets in uh but anyway yeah hey so the traditional opening here is uh yeah we're being humanists um, you can, uh, find us being humanist, uh, well, send us an email if you have any questions or, uh, comments on the show or how bad I suck as a, as a host. Um, <laughs> so being humanist.podcast.gmail.com is our email. Find us on facebook.com slash being humanist.podcast and on Twitter being humanist PC. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, we've got a kind of an interesting show tonight. Uh, there's a few things I wanted to talk about. Uh, things happening in Kentucky, uh, potential conversation on uh, vouchers, and uh, you found something about cancer, Keith? Yes, it's uh, some new uh, cancer, very optimistic cancer research at John Hopkins University uh, having to do with uh, cancer metastasis. So, interesting. Uh, um, Justin is having fun trying to call or figure out what's going on, so I'm going to give him the uh, guest call-in number and just hope that he 
does it have a problem with connection? Okay. Because I wanted to, we wanted to start the show off with him and his interesting story. So we'll see if he gets in this way. I'm having a conversation with him on Facebook Messenger. Evidently, he was asleep just prior to the show starting, and he wasn't quite ready. And I thought I sent him an email for it, but I don't know what's going on. And there he is. Okay. You there? Unmuted. <laughs> Were you seriously asleep? I uh, I was watching uh, House of Cards, uh, and uh, yeah, it just it's been a it's been a long, let's call it a couple of weeks, but uh, but yeah, so I, I I haven't been sleeping a whole lot the last couple of weeks, but yeah, so I was okay. uh, I was taking a little cat nap. Okay, so uh, um, yeah, I, we've titled the show based around your story, Justin. Um, <laughs> but um, so, I mean, I know that there have got to be a lot of people out there um, who uh, find themselves in an atheist, agnostic, um, not sure what the hell to do with themselves position and their significant other believes in some sort of deity. Um, I mean, Keith, I think you've been in that boat. I shouldn't say I think. I, I guess I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had a late uh, night talk about it. <laughs> do what? I said, yeah, we had a late night talk about it. Yeah, I. Um, my hope is that you tell your story here, and maybe we'll get some other people to call. And in fact, I had somebody co- uh, comment uh uh just a moment ago i think on a post in our in a free thinker page oh no he just liked it we'll see if somebody calls in um but uh yeah so i guess i'm just um uh i don't know should we should we just let you go into your story um and i haven't even really heard it you said so this is going to be a whole first deal for me i've i've not heard the story from you just the 1 a.m., are you awake, Mike? I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was when everything was at its climax. So uh, to go back, you know, a, a, a few weeks, um, My uh, for those of you who don't know, like I, I am dating uh, a, a Christian, and she, you know, we, we've had this talk about our relationship uh, that, you know, that, that she is, you know, a Christian and faithful to God and everything, and I am agnostic just because of, you know, some of the, the things that science has, you know, has undercovered that kind of disproves a lot of the foundations of religion. So, you know, we, we had a talk about it a few weeks ago, and, and I said, you know what, let me let me try. Because, you know, being agnostic, I'm not, you know, that's not me saying that, God does not exist because who knows? I mean, science can take us to you know, as far back as the Big Bang, but what happened before that? You know, that's kind of the period that that nobody really knows. So, so I was like, you know what? Let me let me just see if I can find something to have it make sense to me. And that's when you know I started uh, I started looking up uh, some of the work of Sir Isaac Newton, you know, who was a scientist slash 
Christian and, I mean, arguably one of the greatest minds of all time. Uh, and he was able to, to find religion and have it have some meaning to him. So so then uh, I, I stumbled across the Jefferson Bible. Are you familiar with the Jefferson Bible, Mike? Uh, yeah. So, Very familiar so for any, with uh, it, Basically, oh. it's um, they, uh, Thomas Jefferson cuts out all the, the, um, the crazy, uh, uh, I want, I want to say mythical, but that's mm-hmm. not right. The, the fantasy stuff, the oh. magical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I come across that and, and like, you know, I'm, I'm reading through it a little bit and I was like, you know what? I, this way of thinking is, is, is basically just taking all, yeah, you're right. It's taking all of the, the fantasy aspect, you know, everything that science can be like, actually, no, that's not possible. Takes that out of the Bible. And it basically just leaves you with a moral compass, you know, in a book, you know, with, with some stories and, and, and whatnot. And I was like, you know what, you know, this is maybe something that I could get behind. This is maybe a step that could help our relationship. So I was so thrilled to share with her, like, the research that I've done and the things that I've found. And her response was, oh, so you think the Bible is just a bunch of fake stories. And it was just completely not at all what I thought was going to happen. So so argument ensues. I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. Argument ensues about that. We come to a resolution, and then I think everything's dropped. So fast forward a week later, we're at her parents' house and uh, having, you know, just, just a, a get-together with her family and friends. And I'm there, and, you know, I'm, you know, just having a good time. You know, I'm playing with the kids, playing with the dogs, talking to everybody. Uh, and then, you know, the party starts to wind down. End of the night, there's about four of us left. It was myself, uh, my girlfriend, her mom, and one of uh, my girlfriend's friends. And they start to, and she's like, I don't want to say she's in the same boat as me. She's in a similar boat as me as far as, like she's more, you know, uh, receptive of miracles and, and some of the, you know, the, the, the supernatural aspects of the Bible as to where I am not. So they start talking about that and she's asking questions and, you know, and I would, you know, just kind of be like, Oh, this conversation sounds familiar. Well, my girlfriend started bringing up out of context, some of the things that I had said a week ago, which makes me sound kind of dumb if you don't have the whole context as to what the conversation that we had. And and I don't want to have the same conversation that we had last week because it got kind of heated and, you know, like your mom's here and like one of your best friends is here. I don't want to go through that again. So I politely excuse myself. I said, you know, excuse me, I'm going to go grab a drink and get some air. And they were just all like, Oh no, what's on your mind? What's troubling you? And and then I started getting just dirty looks and you know, and then like the condescending remarks and and I just felt 
like I was being ganged up on by, you know, by these people. And, uh, and, and I never took it to a point to where I was trying to, you know, belittle what they were thinking or, or their beliefs or their faith or anything like that. But just, I mean, it was just the fact that I disagree or that I didn't, you know, align myself with, I don't even want to say the values because I think, you know, that I'm a, that I'm an okay guy, you know, but, you know, but, but that I align myself with their beliefs, uh, it felt pretty aggressive and, uh, and, and uncomfortable. And, and I, even though I said nothing out of the ordinary, the fact that I tried to remove myself from that situation is what made me the bad guy there. So, um, so that's around the time that I reached out to you, Mike, and I was like, I need help. Uh, and, and, you know, it is, it, it all started with me making an effort to see if I can get behind that way of thinking. And they quickly showed me that, no, that's not it. That's not a thing. So, so yeah, so that's pretty much the, uh, pretty much the, the backstory through the full story uh, to give everything, you know, some context. Okay. So, and, um, yeah. uh, just a, just a random heads up. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Keith, how much of that did you hear? I heard the first sentence of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay. So Justin, as you're telling your story, Keith actually disappeared yeah. from the show and he's like, dude, I can't get in. I'm, I'm out. I can't get in. It won't let me back in. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm over here trying to give him different numbers and different things to, so he can call back in. And I'm in and out of your conversation trying to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> no. um, so uh, the basic, uh, gist of it is uh yeah yeah your girlfriend took um a lot of stuff out of context and um uh was making you feel bad about or well making you feel stupid is that what you said well no she she wasn't making me feel stupid it made me look stupid because she was taking bits and pieces of our conversation and throwing them you know into this conversation she took bits and pieces of the conversation that we had a week ago and was throwing them into the group conversation. And, you know, when you take things out of context, I mean, anybody knows when you take things out of context, that it can sound dumb. Like, well, what would ever make you think that? Or what would ever make you say that? Well, yeah, there's reasons, but you have to, you have to build the backstory first. So, so yeah, so so she was doing that, and it and it made me extremely un, uncomfortable because the, the only way, I, I felt like the only way for me to defend myself would have been I don't want to say aggressive, but it would have it would have come across that way. I felt like I was like I don't want to do that, so let's just you know let's just you know let's call it let's call it a day. Okay, so when I'm getting these messages on my phone from you, um, you say something like they've taken your dog and you're in a bad situation and I'm like I'm like, What the hell are they doing to you over there? 
was like, uh, well, they, yeah. My dog, Riley was just running around. Yeah, so I I, I had actually, like, it had gotten to the point to where I was so uncomfortable, like, I grabbed my things, and I went to my car, and I loaded up Riley. I was putting my address into my navigation, and they came and opened my car door and took my dog. What the hell? Yeah. They were like, you should stay, and have a conversation with us about this and we're going to take your dog now. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so they wanted to have a conversation with you about the whole thing, but you were afraid to go into it. it. Well, it wasn't even that. It, it it was more of a lecture than it was going to be a conversation because I could get no words across. Like, any time I would say, okay, but let me ask this. And they're like, no, no, we're not done talking. So it wasn't it. I, I said conversation, but it it was more of a lecture than it was a conversation. Okay, so this is your girlfriend, and who else is there again? Her mom, and then uh, her friend was actually being a little more of the mediator, but she was she was way more in between, you know, than I than I was because I was okay. still extremely skeptical of all of it and you know and I I have my beliefs and I have my way of thinking and you know and it doesn't align with with theirs and they so they see any opinion that I might have as a threat wouldn't let me get a, a word in edgewise and um, yeah so mother and girlfriend are both pretty heavy believers and friend of girlfriend is more like I want to hear what you had to say. Oh yeah, absolutely. And she was because she was even like they were letting her ask questions, and then the answers that they would give were just ridiculous. You know, like you know, well, God, uh, something about answering prayers and yeah, uh, like the whole like why God answers some prayers and not others and. You know, it's just, you know. Basically intellectual cop-outs happening. Exactly, yeah. So did you attempt to, I mean, did you even attempt to press them on these things, or was it just that as soon as you tried it, you were just completely shut out? Uh, Oh, no, like I, I wanted to remain silent until, so when she started bringing up bits and pieces of our conversation, I said calmly, I said, that's not really fair for you to say that. That statement is completely out of the context from the conversation that we had a week ago. And then they were like, and then she said, well, it's not out of context because this is what you said. I'm not arguing. You're right. I said that. But here's why I said it. No, it doesn't matter why you said it. You know, it doesn't matter, like, the reasoning behind it is the fact that it's like, these are the words that you said. And it's like, you know, like, there's so much more, you know, I told a story. Like, I, you know, I I talked for, like, five to ten minutes about, you know, the things that I have found and the concerns that I had about believing this. And for you to just take a, for you to take a 15-second soundbite from that, and just throw it into a conversation and say, he said this, you know, it made me, it, it, 
she just completely left out like the the reasoning behind you know some of the things that I had said. So yeah. So how how Maybe does how does mom feel about you? Well, everything was everything was great until that night. I think we've I think we've come back and and we're and we're okay now. Uh, but like that night, I mean, it was just and I and and maybe it was the alcohol or, just, or, or what, but <laughs> you know, it, I mean, one of the things I heard her say was, "Well, his actions tonight should speak volumes or something like that," and uh, and and my thought on that was, "You're going to let one conversation," and, and it wasn't even you know I wasn't disagreeing. I wasn't argumentative. I just wanted to remove myself from the situation. And you're going to let that one instance speak volumes over the, the countless things that, that I've done for your daughter and, and, you know, throughout our relationship, that you're going to let that one thing, you know, because to them it was all, well, it's just because he's not religious. Like, that's the reason. He's not religious. Like, no, that's that's not why I was trying to remove myself. I'll gladly have a conversation. What I will not have is a lecture, and what I will not have is to have my words be taken out of context and to be ganged up on and and made, you know, and I was thrown into an uncomfortable situation. And, you know, if you want to talk religion, like, I'll I'll gladly bring up all of my concerns about it, and then you can you know, tell me all of the, well, you know, it's God's will and you have to have faith and, and, you know, and go through all of that stuff because you don't have real answers. But at the end of the day, you know, like understand that I will talk religion, but I I will not be talked down to. I will not be, I will not have my words taken out of context and I will not be attacked. And you're going to be upset because I removed myself from an uncomfortable situation you know that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me maybe some of the things that you said that uh, she was taking out of context? Uh, so the the one that I I really remember, and it was just, and I don't know that this was the the most important one, but the one that really uh, sticks out to me was. You know, I I asked her, you know, the the week before this this party happened. I said, you know, when you look around and you see all of these, you know, terrible things happening in the world, uh, and you know, you see bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. You see, uh, oh, here's here's a a, a great example uh, <laughs> to make it really real. I had a, uh, I recently bought a puppy and um, I was told that, you know, she had all of her shots and vaccinations and everything. What comes to find out, she she didn't. She had, uh, there was something wrong with her stomach. She had an illness. Basically, she couldn't eat uh, and she was, she was starving, even though, like, she would eat, but then she would throw up and, you know, and so she was starving and she was miserable and in pain. And so, so one of the things that I brought up to her was, you know, I, you know, you, you see all of this evil in the world and, and two of the major tenets 
behind your faith about God is that, you know, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Okay, sure. Then you're also going to say that he is an all-powerful, you know, uh, omnipotent, all-knowing, all-everything entity. And if both of those things are true, then how are all of these things happening? How are, you know, how are there, you know, puppies that are born with illnesses that, you know, like if you're telling me that you are in control of everything and and these bad things are happening, then maybe you're not all good. Or maybe you all are good and you don't have as much power as you like to say. Either way, that's not really, you know, it's 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 not really a concept that I that I want to get behind. So, so I say that to her, and then you know she'll she'll say things like, "Well, you know, it's the evil in the world is because of the devil, and we live in an imperfect world, and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Well, if, if God's all powerful, then why doesn't He get rid of the devil? You know, like if it, <laughs> you know if he, if He wants all the good in the world, and He can do anything, then get rid of the devil, then get rid of you know." Uh, Babies being born with, you know, like leukemia or, you know, or prevent, you know, just storms wiping out cities. And, you know, like just, just why, you know, why would an all good, all powerful being just allow these things to happen? So, so I, so I bring that up and, and that was our response. And then conversation ensues and we moved on. So then, in the conversation that we had at the party, it was, you know, without even saying that we had discussed it, she said, well, I think that, you know, that God is all good and all powerful and we live in an imperfect world and you can choose to accept that or you cannot. Uh, he doesn't accept that because it, I don't remember the exact verbiage that she used, but basically it was without even hearing my reason for not believing that, she just threw that in and said, well, he doesn't believe that that God's all good and all powerful. Okay. I got you. I see what you're saying. And it was just just like, oh, whoa, like we're here? Like how did we even, we weren't even talking about that right here, but this is where we are. Okay. I've been in those situations before, maybe not specifically with the girlfriend or the uh, mother or family of the girlfriend, but I've been in that situation before where somebody just uh, blurts out, well, Michael's an atheist. And I'm like, oh, thanks, thanks. (laughs) Do what, Keith? I said, oh, thanks. Thanks for blurting that out. Yeah, see, yeah. Our friend Chris did that to me at a few of your parties, I think, and uh, every time he did it, I was like, well, there it is. (laughs) Here comes this conversation. (laughs) Oh, are you going to take it a different way? Oh, no, never mind. I'm sorry. I I guess I misunderstood. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, Keith. Sorry. (laughs) Um, yeah, but Chris was the kind of guy that just likes to put you in an awkward situation and watch you get out of it. Um, but that's a different story. So, um, so yeah, you texted me, uh, messaged me, asked you if I'm still awake, and I'm like, yeah, kind of, because I'm about to pass. I'm like passing out, and you're telling me this stuff, man. I thought you were in a situation where your dog was kidnapped and 
they were going to like hold you to gunpoint or something like that. I was like, what the, what kind of a situation he's got, got himself into. So, um, but I was like asleep. <laughs> so, no, it, uh, so, yeah, it definitely, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. It was just, <laughs> and I don't know. And maybe, maybe, you know, I had had a couple of drinks too. So maybe I, you know, was being a little dramatic, but, you know, I did, you know, it, it was just the uncomfortable level was for me at the time was at a max. Okay. So, um, you messaged me cause you were looking for, uh, someone to talk to kind of, uh, while people are lecturing you. Um, so what's the situation? You, I mean, I just asked you a little while ago if they were on better terms with you and you said kind of that you're kind of back to where you were. Um, so, uh, the are you looking for advice from us? Well, at, what I was looking for at the time was, you know, I wanted to just explain the situation because it, because it was clear that they were. I mean, not only are they, you know, at, at the time they were very like minded, but also, you know, like they're they're mother and daughter, so like they got each other's backs, like no matter what, like if they, even if they think the other one's wrong, like they're gonna. So I'm like, may, like is it that? Am I or or am I wrong? Like, let me just talk to somebody, you know, that that is usually on the same, you know, like you and I think alike about. I would say yeah. most things in life. So I'm like, let me, and, and, you know, maybe I'm drunk and I'm being ridiculous. Let me just uh-huh. reach out to somebody that is, you know, the same. Like we share a lot of stuff in common about how we think, you know. So. <laughs> You know, let, let let me see where that goes. And and you were just like, get out. Yeah, get the hell out of there. Take your dog and leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so can I ask you, Keith? Uh, if you were in this situation, what would you do? Well, it's I I, I would probably just at first kind of be taken aback that I'm being bombarded like this, but um. You know, I try to to kind of flip the script and start asking the person who is grilling me over religious topics. I start trying to ask them questions. You know, um, one of my go-tos and your go-tos is the... um, the whole okay well let's 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 give you let's maybe give you that there's a god but how how do you know that yours is the right one and then we kind of get into the where you were born conversation yeah um that's that's where i tend to go with things um it's but i don't know it, it, it in a situation where i'm i've never been in quite the situation that uh jc here is in um where i was bombarded by my significant other's family <laughs> that's that, that had to be very it's usually my family that i'm getting this from um <laughs> i think that's a little bit of an easier situation than than your girlfriend's family because you know you're you're trying to stay in good with these people and when you're you have this kind of situation where you like okay do i stay true to myself here and risk pissing them off and making putting a strain on my relationship, or do I just kind of let them go at me and just take it? I, I'm sure that's some some of the thoughts that may be going through your head. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I I have never been come at in the way that you're speaking. I can't say that I have that kind of experience in it. 
um, my ex-wife was very uncomfortable with my atheism in the beginning, and we had some conversations there, but she was never overly <laughs> religious, so I I didn't have to uh, I didn't have to get too many bullshit answers from her um, <laughs> when I'd ask her questions, but. Yeah, it's really hard for me to say what I would do in, in your situation. Yeah, I, I can see how that would be tough. And, I mean, the closest situation I think I've ever been into that is when uh, my boss um, asked me her uh, asked me for my opinion about a uh, situation she was going through and it uh, had to do with somebody else uh, asking their church or whatever for help and praying uh, to deal with the situation. And I think it took me 10, 15 minutes to just come out and say I'm an atheist. I was afraid I was going to be fired if I did. And uh, I mean, it turned out not to be that way, but it was super uncomfortable, but I didn't have to worry about anything out of context. So, um, and uh, so, I mean, uh, you, you, uh, you still good with her though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we had to we had to have some some serious conversations after she sobered up, uh, but but yeah, I mean, uh, things are you know things are back to back to normal. Everything's good, you know. She uh, she promised to to ease up on me a little bit, and I promised to you know. To keep an open mind while at the same time. I think it's fair in that situation. Like, yeah, you're promising to keep an open mind, but I think she should promise to keep an open mind too. Exactly. You know, and, and one of the, one of the funniest things that, that her mom said was, you know, well, you know, I don't want there to ever be an, an argument about the, you know, the kids being raised Christian. And I was like, I'm. I was like, I don't want you to think that I would deny them the opportunity to that. But that being said, you know, if they ever, if if they don't want to go, and it's because that they don't fall in line with those beliefs, I'm not going to make them go. Like I'm going to say, like, no, stay home. I'm not going to force feed. You know, religion shouldn't be forced fed to anyone. You know, mm-hmm. so. So like would I would I allow them to go? Like absolutely. But if they you know, if they're like if they ask me questions, I'm going to answer them honestly. Well cool. And how'd she handle that? Um you know, it didn't obviously it didn't go over super well. <laughs> uh but but I mean like you just have to you know, I'm I'm I I would never foresee how I feel about something on someone and, and subject them to that for years before they can make a decision. You know, it's if it's something that they wanted to do and it's something that they believe in, then absolutely. I, I have no problem with people that are religious, but it's just, you know, like I don't, you know, like I, it's, it's not something that I'm ready to say, Oh yeah, I fall in line with this. Like there's, there's just too much, evidence to say, you know, like, well, this is the truth, this is the gospel, you know, like, this is what happened, and my God is the right one, 
if it's if it's more of you're saying, okay, well, you know, like the, this is a moral compass. Like we know that, you know, uh, we understand that, you know, Jesus didn't turn water into wine. You know, like he believed, or like everybody looked away and then he found a couple bottles and then bam, like that's really <laughs> the story. And something got lost in translation, you know? Like, like that's what, like, that's what I'm looking for, you know? Like, and if, and if we can come to that agreement, then cool. But if you're saying that your God is so much more that is, you know, I don't know. That's just not, I don't know. I feel you. I hope it all works out for you in the end. You and me both, bro. <laughs> um, well, um, I suppose with that, uh, with that said, um, uh, I know that we have a few more stories to hit, uh, or well, we have stories to hit after having listened to, uh, to your situation. Um, but I did want to sneak something in before we get too far. I actually uh, promised the other Justin, uh, friend, Justin Clark, uh, that I'd uh, make sure that people were aware that his podcast uh, has officially started. Were you aware of this, Keith? Did I lose Keith? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, his, his, yeah, his first episode just aired. Yeah. So he's actually on iTunes, he's on YouTube, and I think he's on SoundCloud. I actually just uh, listened to about a third of the first third of it, I think, uh, the other day on SoundCloud, and I actually just subscribed to him on iTunes. Uh, yeah. But I promised him that I would uh, uh, give a, a brief, a quick little shout so that people knew he was live. And... Uh, it's not, I mean, you remember, and I, yeah, Justin, I know that you, I don't know if you listened to the last show or knew what we're talking about, but he came on with us uh, to talk about some stuff and um, he was excited that he was about to start podcasting again. Um, and I don't know, do you know who Justin Clark is by chance? Did you run across him? Yeah, we, we definitely crossed paths. I can't say for sure where... Okay. Like we had a class together, or we did. We were in a club together. We did something together. I got you. So his uh, his new show, um, it's called uh, Reason Revolution, and he described it as being a kind of a cable news show in a sense. And he just kind of goes down. Um, it, it's similar to what it'd be like to watching be like, be watching a cable news show. But um, I just wanted to put out the links for people, and I'll put them in the show notes too. But it's on SoundCloud.com slash Reason Revolution, and he's also on YouTube.com slash User slash The Daily Clark. Um, so yeah, there you go, Justin Clark. <laughs> See, like now, I'm like I can't call you JC. It's really hard for me to do that, but I I feel like I have to so I can separate the two of you and people don't get confused. If you get get well, my drift, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. Okay, um, so I guess in other news, and interesting uh, things are going on in, uh, well, in Kentucky, um, and the governor of Kentucky, um, I, he is he's calling for prayer to 
wipe out crime in the city. Uh, or let's see, what was it exactly? Um, I think pray he was talking about away. do what? He said, pray the crime away. Yeah. Um, and suggesting that critics of his pray the crime away will will go to hell. <laughs> um, so uh, his name, Governor Matt Bevan um, wants people of faith to roam the streets of the most violent communities and get to know everyone who lives there. And he says, by forming those personal relationships, he argues, it would help solve the biggest problems they faced. So um, in, in, I get, I don't want to say theory. Um, basically the idea of people roaming the streets and having conversations with people within the community. I mean, I think that's a good idea. I mean, you get to know people and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't oppose that. You guys have any thoughts on that? I, uh, yeah, I, I, I have some thoughts. <laughs> so, so, so you want, uh, you know, so you want a nice, you know, you want a nice family, like a mother, father, you know, two kids and, and the puppy to go to the crack dealer's house and, and take them cookies. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Well, I guess uh, I guess you put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, right. Somebody lose their mic. And uh, it's really quiet over there, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Keith. Did you have something to add to that? Yeah, that's that was really my main concern with the whole thing. Um, well, like I, I understand where you're coming from, saying you don't really see a problem with going out and meeting people, but if if are we actually discussing? He, he's actually suggesting that people go out into these crime areas and and just are, are they supposed to personally pray for for people who are? Well, in the mid- what, I mean, what, go ahead. Uh, there's just okay. So there's an excerpt, an, an excerpt in this story, um, which he says it doesn't matter the age of people. We need young and old people alike who genuinely believe in the power of prayer, who want to restore dignity and hope in these communities, and they want to do that by physically being in those communities and walking around. That's what we're looking for. We ask for people of different churches, congregations, synagogues, people who believe in the power of prayer and wanted to put their feet to work with their convictions and their faith to come consistently. I truly believe we're going to see a difference in our city. I personally believe in the power of prayer. I've seen it. I've seen the evidence, not only in our communities, but beyond. And this is what we're asking people to do. So, yeah, that's what he said. Basically, he's... To me, like it, it, it sounds a bit irresponsible. He wants to send his his um, people of his state out into these areas, and what, they're just going to proselytize. <laughs> is I, isn't that just, what Jesus did? Yeah, but this is this is the real world. This is real life, and um, people have you know there there are some pretty crazy people out there and a lot of them have weapons or even if they don't, you could be assaulted. Um, It's just, I just think it's a dangerous idea for one, if he's sending people out into the communities or suggesting that they do such a thing. Um, 
I mean, it's one thing to just sit at home and pray like, Oh, look, I did something. I feel good now. <laughs> um, I, I think he's crossing over into some pretty risky territory. If he's calling on people to get out on the streets. Well, David McAfee agrees with you. Um, he, he says, this is such an awful idea. Uh, besides the fact that prayer doesn't work, it's dangerous to ask random citizens to walk in the most violent communities, engage with strangers they meet. It also ignores some of the biggest root causes of crime, including poverty, systemic racism, uh, health care needs, etc. God can't fix all that. Government, however, can play a big role in addressing all these problems. Instead, Bevan wanted Jesus to carry the heavy load. Exactly. It's it's like this governor is like, well, I don't really want to do anything about it. Um, I live in a pretty conservative Christian state, so yeah, this will get them. I can just sit and I can sit here and twiddle my thumbs while everybody else goes out and does God's work. Air quotes definitely heavily being used here. <laughs> um, so there were a number of uh, pastors, I suppose, who were laughing and mocking his idea. And uh, he said he received a lot of well-deserved backlash from newspaper columnists and even religious leaders from these poverty-stricken communities. Pastor Joe Phelps of Highland Baptist Church minced a few words saying, Bevan's plan was a waste of time. He says, I'm embarrassed that non-Christians will assume the governor's plan couched exclusively in Christian jargon represents our only response to violence. It doesn't. As if the only tool at this Christian governor's disposal was prayer. Talk about hiding the ball. As if fervent prayers aren't offered daily by the people in Louisville's blighted, violent area. As if a few hours of white prayers will tip the divine scale and resolve a multi-generational inequity that will take generations to undo as if transformation can happen without cost as the governor claimed. I thought that last uh, few hours of white prayers will tip the divine scale. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoy that. Wow. What do you think, Justin? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, everybody knows that, that white prayers are better than black prayers. So, like, I, I, I see where they're going with that. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's that's that, that's bizarre that, you know, that, that they brought up race in, in prayer. Uh, but, you know, I just, the whole thing, you know, I... As a whole, you know, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, like that is just kind of a, you know, like you see there's a problem. Uh, I'm going to go ask my constituents to go pray about it. Like, no, like do you, my, my problem, I guess, with this is that, you know, if, if you have a, a personal belief system, like that's, that's fine. You know, believe what you want to believe. But when you start putting your beliefs into politics, like that's like a, you know, how, how many theocracies have worked out well in the past? You know, I'll, I'll let you tell me that. You know, it's just, it's it's not a good idea. It's never been a good idea. Uh, and, yeah, I just, 
I don't like that any any politician would say anything like or encourage people to be religious or, or you know encourage anything like that. I think it's absolutely just a terrible thing to do and a terrible idea. So that's my thoughts. Well, I will put this uh, the link in the notes so people can watch. He's got a a video. Uh, I don't know if it's eight to 10 minute long video talking about his plan. Um, uh, But the, uh, there was one thing in here um, where he's talking about uh, basically the people who don't agree or mock him. He says that uh, this, this idea will separate the sheep from the goats. (laughs) Um, Have you, uh, Keith, and have, do you know what they're referring to in that regard? It's in the article, but I don't know if you're familiar with the passage. Well, yeah, separating sheep from goats would, uh, as far as I understood it, would be comparing, um, it, it'd be in reference to like the second coming of Jesus. Like uh, that's when, you know, you separate the, you know, Jesus's, the Christians like you know, the, the real Christians from the rest. Um, okay. That's what it says. Basically this guy is kind of throwing out his own, no true Scotman, Scotsman fallacy. Um, like what, what he's suggesting, you know, true Christianity. He's a, he's a warrior for Christ. And, you know, those who aren't, who aren't would be, um, you know, coming to the surface and exposing themselves as, you know, I guess I guess what he's trying to say they're they're, they're half-assed Christians, they're pretenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the so like the the sheep like in that you know idiom or whatever you want to call it. The you know the sheep are the followers and the goats are the whatever non-believers. I guess. No, the re- those who rebel. Sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell. <laughs> well, you know. Thank you. <laughs> I I had never. Now it's all making so much more sense to me. That cake song. <laughs> I knew. Nice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know of the band Cake. I guess I'm not sure I'm familiar with that song. Okay, yeah. So Cake has a song. Uh, sheep go to heaven. Cake, uh, goats go to hell. And. I'd listened to it and I knew people had talked many times about it, but I didn't get the reference until, well, you explained it to me and I read it right here. So now it makes all, all the more sense in the world. (laughs) Cake is a bunch of Satanists. (laughs) Well, of course they are, you know, that they are uh, purveyors of worldly pleasures. (laughs) So, okay. So I I feel like we probably beat that one to death, but, uh, Hey, there you go. The people of Kentucky have elected a, uh, Crazy Christian as governor, but uh, you know, it's not to say that people of Indiana aren't as good. So there you go. Well, no, we you know, we are not. No, <laughs> you, you can look at the current vice president, and we elected that twice. So not my vice president. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that could go. That that could go a different direction totally, but I'll leave that alone. Um, Keith, I figure uh, now is as good a time as any to put a little science into this. How, what do you think? Hey, that works for me. 
All right, let's do um, this. This is positive cool stuff. Yeah, this is a, this is definitely a positive story. The uh, Baltimore Sun uh, put out an article recently um, regarding some research that had taken place at Johns Hopkins University. Um, they are were studying um, cancer cells. Uh, there's a particular student, uh, Hassini Jayatilaka, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I look well, pretty good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. <laughs> she was, uh, as a sophomore at Johns Hopkins University studying cancer cells, and she began to notice that um, in during tumor growth, when the cancer cells would become too dense, um, too densely packed, they would break off and start spreading, which is basically what happens when metastasizing takes place. That's called metastasis. And um, so through noticing this, they also had kind of drawn the correlation. Well, this is, this is kind of how bacteria also behave. And, you know, when bacteria could spread off like that, you know, they, they had figured out ways to stop it. So, it's a, this is a pretty big deal because through noticing this occurring, they had decided they were going to begin trying a couple of uh, drugs um, that, well, what happens when the tumor reaches that density? It releases a couple of proteins. Um, they're called interleukin-6 and interleukin-8, um, and this uh, signal to those cancers cells that it's time for parts of those cells to break off and move into other parts of the body where they can set up residence there. And what these drugs are going to do, um, what, what they're supposed to do is to work on those interleukin receptors. Cause anytime there's, um, a kind of an action that a cell is going to take a, a lot of, not anytime, but a lot of times, there's a receptor on the cell itself that will be poking out of the cell membrane and well, it will receive these interleukin that I'm referring to. And that is going to create like some sort of signaling cascade within the cell. That's going to tell, give it directions. It's going to tell it what to do. So these drugs, they think they can actually block these receptors that would receive that interleukin protein and that would cause the, um, it, it, it hopefully prevent the self metastasizing. It would actually keep it in that packed ball and hopefully eventually shrink the tumor. And that would be uh, something that would be amazing because we could possibly stop the spread of cancer within someone's body. And I found this particular article pretty interesting considering, you know, biology is my area of study and, um, it's just, I, there's not a whole lot to say, but I just wanted to make people aware of it, that there are strides being made in uh, cancer research, and this is a pretty big one. I was going to say, so does that uh, basically, like, like all different kinds of cancer is, is affected the same way? Well, yeah, generally, it's, it's, they're all different kinds of cancer, as you know, but they kind of spread in the same way for the most part. So this would be covering a pretty wide range of cancers if they could figure out how to stop this. It's very, very promising research. So it could, it's one of the bigger things to come along in cancer research in recent history is it, 
basically what this article is trying to tell us. Okay, that's pretty cool. And it was a sophomore in college that figured it out. Well, she started yeah, this. She started yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, she's now she's actually a postdoctorate fellow at the at the university, but it's I mean she started as a sophomore, so you know universities do good things. We shouldn't shit on them, you know. <clears throat> Betsy DeVos. <laughs> good, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's pretty cool, man. It's nice to listen to you explain the stuff as as opposed to me reading it. <laughs> Oh yeah, well I did my best. I, I'm still, you know, um, still learning, obviously, but the things that I explained are pretty basic when it in, in you know immunology and cell function and things like that. So I think a, a lot of listeners might know exactly what I'm talking about. It's nothing too advanced. Very good, dude. Um. I don't know how to transition or whether I'm supposed to transition or should I ask more questions, Keith? <laughs> well, that's the thing with doing your shows live is sometimes um, transitions suck. Yeah, no shit. That's a really awesome story, though. It makes me really happy. I mean, um, I mean, I'm I have a mother who's uh, who just re- who's she's in a remission, and I've had a lot of family members who've had or had battles with cancer and past and so forth so um that sounds really promising and i think uh gosh i i really do i hope they figure it out because uh well yeah that's great it is great it would end a lot of suffering um for the patients of cancer and for people that love them mental anguish so yeah good steps Good steps. Um, and and speaking of, um, I, I guess there was a decent transition in there because you talked about not shitting on colleges and DeVos and stuff. So I guess you did kind of set me up for uh, the uh, story from the Indie Star that I was sharing. Um, uh, the um, There's an Indiana Christian school um, that is dealing with uh, well, they're at the center of a discussion when it comes to the uh, uh, the, bo- the voucher debate. Um, are you both um, aware of the voucher system and school choice and how they try to run the whole or put a positive spin on school choice? Yes, I am familiar with that. Um, Justin, do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, I've read some stuff on that, too. Um, So the – I find – I have two issues with this article. Uh, Basically, um, the whole deal is the school itself. It's a Christian school, uh, the Lighthouse Christian Academy. It's near Bloomington, Indiana. Um, They won't um, – the Lighthouse Christian Academy promises to provide an exemplary education, a caring atmosphere, and service to God, but not for everyone. The school says in its admissions brochure that it reserves the right to deny admission to LGBT students because their lifestyle is prohibited by the Bible. Uh, 
So um, the, the school receives funding uh, through taxes uh, as a school voucher program, but they are allowed at the present time to keep uh, LGB students out of the school um, because they don't agree with them. And um, obviously there's a whole lot of issue with, um, you know, where our tax dollars should be going and whether or not they should be heading toward a Christian school in the first place. Um, but the, the idea itself that they want to keep LGB students out of the school um, uh, kind of harkens back to civil rights era, uh, issues of the 60s and such, doesn't it? No, it certainly does, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I mean, you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you know, it's, you know, like if if you want to be publicly funded through tax dollars, then it's, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I guess I just feel like, you know, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Like they want to, you know, be publicly funded, you know, at least in part through tax dollars. But at the same time, you're like, mm, thanks for your money, but we're also going to like deny you because, you know, your lifestyle doesn't align with us. Like, no, like that's, that's not how it works. I mean, it, I mean, I guess it is how it works, but it's kind of like fucked up that that's how it works. Yeah. Um, uh, so Betsy DeVos is pressed on this issue. Uh, she's an ardent supporter of school choice. I mean, I don't think she attended a public school in her life. I don't think any of her kids did. Um, but she told the Senate committee that discrimination is wrong. It was up to Congress and the courts, not her department, to intervene. So does somebody have something on in the background? I, I'm hearing a, an echo. Like I'm hearing you echo. Oh, was that what it is? Well, that's no good. Um, anyway, Betsy DeVos is saying that uh, her job as the education secretary isn't to intervene in what charter schools want to do with their money. That it's up to Congress and the courts. Um, I don't. I don't know. Uh, does anybody have an idea whether that's? Uh, sounds. I don't know. I don't know in the government how that should work or not. I understand that the courts and Congress should uh, do their part, but I don't know why she will just let it slide. Seems kind of shitty to me. Well, could it be because she has no business in her position whatsoever, or (laughs) or are we not there yet? Yes. The other issue that I'm finding here is the number that goes with this. And I don't know. Okay. So this is, this is the fun part. Um, the school, um, funded in the nineties, uh, by a tight knit group of families. Uh, they, uh, half of the population, uh, it serves 300 children, about half of the population, uh, see, receives vouchers to pay for an annual tuition that ranges from 4,500 to $6,000, depending on students grade. Uh, This year, the lighthouse school received over $665,000 in state funds to enroll um, 152 students. looks like Keith is taking a brief break. (laughs) 
<laughs> since we have yeah. running to the bathroom. Um, so yeah, wow. the school received six hundred sixty-five thousand dollars for one hundred and fifty-two students. The, wow! <laughs> wow! Could you imagine what that money could do for public schools? Right? No kidding. And a, a public school that, by the way, like isn't going to discriminate whether you're, you know, you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, you know, like. Yeah, like that's that's where that's where that money should be going, in my opinion. But the yeah. minute that you think, oh well, we're gonna you know not let you come into our school because of your race or your religion or your sexual orientation or the country you came from, like or whatever, I, I I feel like at that point you don't you you shouldn't be allowed to accept any public tax dollars. Like that's that's where it ends. But you know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're you, better. I, yes, it does. <laughs> I, was to, I was trying to keep that private, but you just. Chase <laughs> <laughs> got go pay. Did, um, I don't know if you heard what we just said, but the 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 school received six hundred sixty-five thousand dollars in state funds to enroll one hundred and fifty-two students. Keith. Wow, that seems obscene. <laughs> right, it's absurd. It is absurd. Uh, um, the, the 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 solution to the problem here is, I mean, uh, just get out of the voucher game. Just, I'm sorry to say it, but private schools are private schools. Public schools are taxpayer funded schools. When we start getting into the realm of, it's just a sneaky way to get taxpayers to pay for your kids' religious education, and it's just going to continue to contribute to the dumbing down this country that obvious it's, it's never been so obvious in my life that this country is getting dumber and dumber. We're no longer the leader in science. I just saw some article the other day about China catapulting ahead of us in that area. And we're just, we're just moving further down the ladder with this kind of crap. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Justin, go ahead. No, I, I wasn't saying anything. Am I supposed oh, to? Okay. <laughs> I thought you were to say something. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> some, uh, I was, um, I, I was trying to find this in the story, but I've lost it. Somebody was talking about how um, uh, the taxpayer funded money, uh, you know, these Christians are taxpayers. So why can't the money go to them as well? Um when something that I noticed when right after 45 was elected and they were having hearings for Betsy DeVos and they had students behind her that were supposedly supporting her uh, to be uh, the education secretary, uh, they had strategically placed some students of color behind her. And they had really awesome positive stories that they were in bad neighborhoods and they got a chance to get out because of these schools they had school choice um and i believe in those situations it was kind of based on a lottery system so they would uh allow you know so many students from wherever to get into the school and they'd get a better chance and i understand that parents are you know um you want to put your kids in a good school if you can afford it um uh 
maybe a better school that offers uh, maybe it offers better things than what a public education can provide. I don't know. Um, however, I, um, it just blows my mind that people think it's okay to take money away from public schools, specifically schools in poorer areas that just don't have the resources and just find themselves falling further and further back. I mean, yeah, Keith, you did just bring it up. Um, I don't understand why people think it's okay to sit, to spend, to send $660,000 for 152 students to have a better education and let the others suffer. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's what I've got to say about that. (laughs) Mike, what what was the first thing you said when you started that? Something about how people were saying, you know, Christians pay taxes, so they should be able to, you know, why can't they get money too? Yeah, that was the basic gist of it. They were, uh, if I can find the actual quote. um, Well, well, to that question, I I have an answer. It's this brand new thing that I just found called the separation of church and state. (laughs) You're not being being taxed because you're a Christian. You're being taxed because you're a fucking citizen. Like, that's that's how it works, you know. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or – or, or what your religion is like at all. You can be a Buddhist, you're still going to get taxed and, and share in the same liberty. Like, that's, it's a, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I got a little upset. I had to vent a little bit. Now I'm better. Okay. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. <laughs> I think we all feel the same about the whole separation of church and state deal. Um, and I've had somebody else, uh, Justin, that we both know argue that, uh, I, I've made several posts on separation church and state, uh, Facebook. And, um, there's a certain director in a certain IT field, uh, that we both know who made an argument with me one time that, uh, uh, churchgoers pay taxes too. So why shouldn't they have a, a say in voting and giving money to candidates. And when I read what he said, I was kind of taken aback because it's like, you know, individual patrons of churches can put their money wherever the hell they want. It's the church themselves that can't do so. I don't understand what's so hard to, you know, figure out about that. Yeah, exactly. And I was a little surprised that he would say such a thing. I'm not going to mention his name, but I know he, you know who I'm talking about. I yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's kind of one of those things that we're dealing with, and it, this is you know, I, it's a sad thing that it's happening in Indiana, but it is. <sighs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess we have a little tiny outro that we can we can wrap up on. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on this though. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts, Keith? A tiny little outro. I mean, you thought you have a play out. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Uh, the, the, uh, the other little short story that was like three sentences. 
Oh, are you um, talking about how uh, uh, Noah used to battle dinosaurs in the arena? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, Justin, I don't know. Justin, I think I'm hearing reverb back from your computer, Keith. You're hearing what? I think I'm hearing myself talk on your computer. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, uh, the basic gist, I guess, of this, uh, Justin, I was asking, did I send you the link of the creationists are promoting a book featuring no, no fighting a dinosaur? You did. I was actually, uh, I had that up uh, in, in the background. I was just kind of like skimming through that. It looks pretty awesome. The story itself is very short. Um, uh, it's basically, remember in the Bible when Noah battled a dinosaur in an arena? Answers in Genesis does, or at least they have no problem promoting it in a book about how God shaped Noah into the man who eventually saves humanity's future. Um, I would I would tell you this is a work of fiction, but isn't everything on their site? Uh, that's pretty good. Um so what's really funny about this is uh, they have a cover, an image of the book, the cover image, um, the Remnant Trilogy Book 2, Noah, Man of Resolve. And uh, there stands Noah. And uh, this uh, Roman facility or whatever, <laughs> the T-Rex. Wow. This looks like vouchers. Um, well. Is the T Rex wearing a hat? Like, or what am I seeing? I was totally going to say it looks like he's wearing a wizard hat. (laughs) Thank you. Because I'm like, if this this T Rex starts casting spells, then, you know, there's no way Noah wins. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) My God, it looks like he's wearing a damn hat. Because I was like, you know, like, I was like, what is that? Is it, is it a person wearing a robe? Like, no, it's not that. Like, he's wearing, like, a birthday hat or something. I don't It's even got, like, a little ball on top of it. That might be a yeah. person's face in the background, but it looks like it's a ball. It's like one of those anyway. old-time nightcaps. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, he's the sleepy uh, T-Rex. A sleepy T-Rex. That's why I know him. He's, he's just, you know. Actually, you know what I'm pretty impressed by with this T-Rex? Look at the size of his nuts. You know what? I just, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's where he's going to go with it. Yep. <laughs> you can't reach him to scratch him, you know, those tiny little arms. Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, with, at least they With don't. nuts like that, the female T-Rexes are scratching them for them. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they made him anatomically correct, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess this is just another one of those deals. It's uh, um, The article itself finishes off. This is this came from Patheist.com. Um, it's... It's also not the only creationist reference to the to biblical characters fighting dinosaurs. Kim Kenham has an entire diorama in the Ark Encounter showcasing a battle between humans, giants, and dinosaurs. 
Because science. Yeah. When are we going to go there? I don't know. We're going to have to find a time. I mean, I know that other people have already gone and shared their pictures and had their story, but I feel like I'm missing out just a little bit. I just think, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Have you ever been to the Creation Museum, Justin? <laughs> no, but I absolutely, I, I think I would like, I think that would be pretty fun. Should we go to the Creation Museum? Or the Ark, or should we go to both? <laughs> uh, maybe both in time. I don't know if I can handle them both in the same day. Hmm. I, I think it I think it does have to happen. Maybe the three of us can go. Maybe we can gather a group of people and go together. That'd be kind of cool just to go. But, uh, yeah, there you go. We now know the T-Rex has balls. That's all I got. That's all I got, dude. <laughs> I'm just like, where, where do the uh, where do the giants come in? Oh, because never mind. I just made the connection. Never mind. Uh, yeah, you know, that's all good, dude. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold it against you. But hey, <laughs> Noah can fight a T-Rex, though. There you go. Um. Yeah, dude, Justin, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> thanks for thanks for having me and listening to my story. That was fun. I do hope it works out. And um I I mean I haven't met your girlfriend. I've seen a few pictures of her on Facebook. Um I I was jealous of your cruise. The cruise looked like a good time. Oh man, so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> Um, Keith, is there anything you want to add before we close up shop tonight? Uh, no, I, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty well at. Oh, um, I guess we could do a little bit of a lead in to what our next episode will be. Um, we don't have a date scheduled for it yet, but I think we're going to head back toward, uh, uh, conversation on the regressive left and invite a couple people on the show? Yeah. A um, friend of mine who lives in, she lives in Washington State, and my girlfriend actually share similar viewpoints um, that seem to clash with our current viewpoints regarding uh, what's happening on the left. Um, and and we're, what we're going to do is we're just, we're going to talk to them. We're not, it's not, so much going to be a debate as hearing their perspective and why they feel the way they do and why they feel like maybe in some situations the, the violence might be justified. So that'll be an interesting episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that in a couple of weeks. I don't have the date for it yet, but expect it in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, we're, we're in, on top of that, we're going to be getting two feminist perspectives. So that's yeah. something normally get on this show two two white males <laughs> that's about all you get and then I bring Justin on 
Boom diversity. Boom diversity. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for being on the show. Your story was uh, entertaining, Justin. Um, yeah, I already said all this, but uh, I guess that's it. The show's over. I'm just like dragging it out. It's kind of painful, really. So, um, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, you can find us on uh, uh, send us an email, uh, beinghumanist.podcast at gmail.com, uh, facebook.com slash beinghumanist.podcast, and Twitter at beinghumanistpc. Uh, that's all the general information. Make sure you go check out Justin Clark's new show. And, um, yeah, that's that's the gist of it. So uh, thank you, Justin, for being on the show. Um, as always, I am... Uh, I ask you to keep thinking, Keith. <laughs> Absolutely, always keep thinking. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. So uh, uh, enjoy your time away from us. <laughs> uh, have, Thanks, have a good night, guys. We'll talk to you all later. Have a good one. Thanks.